Welcome. This is a great talk by Rowan Shuslam Anderson about her tapestry work hung in the Morrissey Gallery at uh, Galvin Fine Arts Center at the St. Ambrose University. This took place on February 4th, and the show is still up until February 25th. I have um, this book called Art is the Highest Form of Hope, which has all sorts of quotes about art and by artists. And I didn't know if anyone would come tonight because of the weather and COVID. And so my, my first quote was, um, it's nice by Raymond Pettibon. It says, it's nice to have an audience, but it could be just one or two. So <laughs> glad we have like, you know, eight or nine. Nice. <laughs> and um, also I had, I wanted to say, um, there were two other quotes that I wanted to mention. Um, by Agnes Martin, she says, inspiration is the beginning, the middle, and the end. So I think that's pretty cool for artists and anyone doing anything creative. And then one more, um, Charlene Von Heil says, um, I push things to the point where I have no idea, idea what's going to happen. So I liked all of those for starters. So um, as Chris said, I wanted to start, um, just share something that I wrote. This work that's here isn't, um, it's, it, I, it, when I started it, I wasn't necessarily thinking about collage, but um, over the years I've been doing things where I um, kind of layer things and I combine things. And so I started thinking about, you know, why don't we think about tapestry as collage, as um, an art form where, um, you know, we think about other things as collage, but not necessarily fabric. And so I gave a um, workshop a couple of years ago, a few years ago now, uh, where we, we focused on that for the American Tapestry Alliance and um, for their annual retreat. And then I wrote a little something about tapestry as collage that I just thought I'd share with you and then we can look at the work. It's not very long, so I'll just, if you don't mind, I'm just gonna read it to you. It says, collage as tapestry, tapestry as collage. Collage is an inventive art form that lends itself to a variety of creative applications, including the fiber medium. The word collage derives from the French word coller, to glue. L literally translated, collage means gluing. Collage combines shapes and textures to create a two-dimensional composition in which materials are arranged and affixed to a background. May encompass overlapping layers and or sharp, sharp or torn edges. In the assembling of various shapes, a new unified work results. When well composed, the outcome is a synergetic totality in which the sum is greater than the parts. Although collage was a beautiful art form practiced in Japan much earlier, the term was first used by Georges Braque and Pablo Picasso in the early 20th century. Other artists working in this vein included Juan Gris, Kurt Schwitters, and Robert Rauschenberg. And of course, there are the famous and elegant Henri Matisse cutouts, collaged when his vision was failing and he could no longer paint. In the 1970s, abstract expressionist Lee Krasner cut up her canvas paintings and reassembled them. Romare Burtston, an African-American artist, writer, and activist, depicted African-American lifestyles in murals, cartoons, and through innovative collage methods. And feminist Joyce Kosloff, known for her work in pattern and design, combines work in collage with cartography. Assemblage, a related art form, is the three-dimensional counterpart to collage. Assembling objects, artists may work in wood and plastic, frequently integrating repurposed objects. 
Well-known assemblage artists include Louise Nevelson, Jean Dubuffet, Kurt Schwitters, Joseph Cornell, Louise Nevelson, and Louise Bourgeoise. While making art with pieces or units of various shapes has long been thought of as collage, fiber art has not been historically associated with this tradition. Yet fiber art collage exists in different formats. Quilts, for example, are in a sense collages as they are pieced together. And there are a multitude of examples of working in sections or units. For example, um, the Chilean and Peruvian um, resistance statements that were the, known as aproillas, and also the molas sewn by the San Blas artists of Panama are examples of this tradition. West Africa is known for its vibrant strip cloth known as kente, fabric woven in strips and pieced together in alternating blocks. Elinatsu, a contemporary Ghanaian artist, uses everything from bottle tops to flattened metal to create cutting edge, interwoven, very large scale works. His work is heavily influenced by the kente aesthetic. Sheila Hicks, pioneer of contemporary fiber art, often creates with many components in her masterworks. In tapestry, collage can be a means to an end or can be the final product. When inventing new ideas, it may be helpful to utilize collage as a means to generate fresh compositions. By working with shapes, be they torn or cut, one can plan or imagine compositions. Working in fiber, line generally creates texture and shape. Working in collage, one tends to start with fields of color or shapes, which makes good building blocks from which to develop a composition. Weavers can use collage to create innovative tapestries using the collage medium in various capacities. Sections of a tapestry may be woven separately and then combined, which is something that I've done in some of these works. Parts may be sewn together or there may be a woven background to which smaller woven forms are attached. By adding layers, depth and interest is created. Other embellishments such as beaded surfaces, stitching and applique may be incorporated, which I've done in some of these works. Perhaps felt or other embellishments could be added. Sheila Hicks used tapestry, wrapping, coiling, and other methods to create elements that are combined to make one work of art. And so in some of these specific ones, Synergetic 7, which is um, down there, I, I don't think we can see it from here. I'll skip, I won't mention that one. But in this piece here, this, is, um, this was inspired by stained glass windows that I saw. And I'm exploring the possibilities of this concept of a window where I've made the front piece is the black and I've made it by making some windows in it and then the collaging or sewing along the back three pieces that were woven separately and then it's um, combined to make one piece. Um, the three irregular, irregularly shaped windows were woven into the front piece and then the three separately woven pieces were placed and stitched into place and then there's one back, there's two others that I was going to mention, but we can't really see them. So all the pieces here are, are woven on a loom, and they're, uh, the warp, which goes this way, is of cotton, and then the weft coming back and forth this way is wool, silk, cotton, rayon, and other kinds of, of materials for the weft. So we say warp and weft, and it used to be warp and woof. But somewhere along the line, it turned into warp and weft. I don't know why, but I always say the weft, the warp, the the woof got weft out. <laughs> but well, now it's warp and weft. So um, a strong composition moves the eye across the work, creating movement and variety along the way. An element of surprise adds a lively energy, 
keeping the viewer engaged, hopefully. In these works, depth is created by using the window concept, by often echoing the design in the window with the imagery in the main body of the tapestry, unity is achieved. The potential for more exploration of fiber collage is boundless. So, I will let you take over with <laughs> asking for questions or, or Sure, yeah, yeah. If, if you go ahead and ask questions, otherwise I'll, I'll fill in the space, so. Okay. <laughs> yes? You, you spoke about inspiration, and as I'm looking at these, I'm wondering, do you have an idea in your head when you start, or do you okay. see a color or a piece of weaving that makes you think you want to start with that particular thing? And then yeah, it's a great question, and even though kind of what ties this work together is this idea of assemblage and collage, a lot of these pieces were done as kind of part of bodies of work that were on different themes. So for a while I was kind of really being inspired by butterflies and like butterfly imagery, not necessarily trying to weave a butterfly, but looking at the amazing patterns and kind of the organic grid that's inherent in, in the butterflies. And some of the other works here were inspired by some travels like when I was in West Africa and also some time in the, in the Andes and Peru and Ecuador. Mostly got to travel by taking 20, 18 or 20 Augustana students with me, which is mostly fun. Not always, but mostly fun. Sometimes you're like, why did I do this? Oh yes, I to get to come here. And to get to show it to them, of course. But anyway, so, so, so a lot of the inspiration was sort of like themes that I was excited about for a while or, you know. But you know, we can, we're a small enough group, we can walk around and look at some of the pieces too and, and point out different different inspirations. But pretty much um, most of the work, um, all of the work, there's a definite sketch before I start. Because you know, when you're weaving, you can only see so much on your limb at once. So you can't just sort of decide as you go. So there's a sketch and then I enlarge the sketch, make it what we call a cartoon, which is like a huge outline or it's like it's like your it's like your paint by numbers. When you're done the cartoon, you you follow that as you weave and you fill it in as you go. So, but it's pretty well. Um, not too much happens. Sometimes when you finish it, it doesn't really look exactly like you want it. So you might add or stitch on it or move things around. But it's pretty well planned before I start. Is that a watercolor your sketch? Sometimes, or it could be a collage, or it could oh, be collage, yeah. markers or. You know, it's whatever happens. Yeah, you have some plan to begin with. And There's yeah. always a plan. Yeah, yeah, and most of them look pretty close to the, the sketch. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yes. How big is your loom? My loom is uh, 56 inches wide, so it's about the same width as I am tall. <laughs> um, what brand is it? It's a Maycomber from Maine, from York, Maine. I don't know if they're still making them. The vertical loom. No, it's a it's a floor loom. Okay. I've worked on vertical. I've worked on the vertical looms too, but I, I find this works better for me. Mm -hmm. Yes. Does that initial plan ever feel like a limitation? Yeah. Or a problem. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it's also um, um, a um, there's a, there's also some comfort that you're going to spend all these hours weaving, <laughs> that you sort of know what you're doing, that you hopefully have a plan for it. So, but yeah, sometimes, and I change things a little as I go, but not too much. Do you use a cartoon or? Yeah, mm -hmm. I enlarge it to make a cartoon, mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I got one more. Yes. I got a neighbor just gave me a, a book as big as that chair, the Bayou Tapestry. Oh, yeah. And I, I just 
kind of started looking at it. Wow. Is there similarities there in technique or what they're after? The Bayou Tapestry is one of the most famous tapestries. Mm-hmm. It's not really a tapestry. It's actually actually a sutury. It wasn't done on a loom. It was done oh, by right. starting with a blank piece of huge fabric. I mean, because it's like this wide and it goes around. It's big. I don't know if any of you have seen it. It's pretty amazing. But it's all stitched. It's all like embroidery. So it look, it, it's called a tapestry, but technically it's not woven. So it's kind of an interesting non-tapestry, the most famous non-tapestry there is. It was worked by men. Oh, probably. The, no, un- the, the unicorn tapestries are, um, you know, they're famous too. Like the lady in the unicorn, all those, those are in, in Paris and in the Met. And those were woven. <laughs> so, yeah, but those are actually, that was actually stitched. Others? I'd be interested in going around. Take a look at them. That's yeah. fine. Yeah. Sure. But I do have, generally have a question. What you use a lot of different fibers, uh-huh. uh, uh, different weights and types mm-hmm. in your weaving. And uh, so I notice that affects how it hangs because of. Mm-hmm. You know, just they have different sets or whatever. Right, <laughs> right, and that's actually a challenge. It'd be easier to use all the same material. Yeah. But when you blend, it makes it a little bit harder to make things smooth on the surface. That's right. You're right. And, um, and so, are you are you embracing that or? Are you yeah, I embrace it and I fight it both. <laughs> 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 you know, I want them to be like even, but then to it, it's cloth. You know, so it's like. It's a fight of wanting it to look like it should, like a, like it's not uneven, but then also realizing that it's going to do some of this. Yeah, because it's not like, what's the name of the lady? Um, a B, you know, she's a Romanian or something, 1960. Magdalena Apkonawich. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> you know, her, her piece, she just uses all these weights of fibers yeah. and, and uh, and it's just largely almost even disguised. Yeah, she's all about texture. Yeah. Yeah. And I love texture. I like the contrast of the shiny and the and the texture. I like to play with like the, the beads that I started adding a while ago. And even some shiny materials. I like the, the, the um, juxtaposition of the textured rough surfaces and then the detailed shiny stuff. And I think partly from being in, in Peru and Ecuador, I saw the most and even Ghana too. I saw the finest weaving, you know, so beautifully done. But then I also saw the sort of the, the roughness and the and the hardiness of it. So, so to try to bring that together. So I wonder if the people who are taking your approach, more of contemporary approach towards the fibers they're using, if they add a structure to the back, or have you seen any way they're they're trying to rein in that? Yeah, maybe to a certain extent. I mean, people can control their their materials. Yeah, yeah, with careful weaving. Oh, so I think it'd be great to walk around and look at these individually. But before we do, I, I want to get a little context for okay. your for your career a little bit. Just you know, for the for for the podcast, and okay. just because I'm I'm curious about this material in art art programs and in art departments and also like was that what you started with with your MFA did you get it was fibers and I went to Rochester Institute of Technology in Rochester New York in a program called School for the American Craftsman it's called School for American Crafts now 
And I, and I didn't realize, like I checked off all the things I wanted to do, like one program was weaving and textile design, one was glass, one was ceramics. So I just wrote them in the order I was planning to do them. Mm. And I didn't realize that you did one. Mm-hmm. But I loved weaving, so it worked out really well. <laughs> that was your first choice. Was <laughs> but the I choice. also did jewelry, yeah. but a little photography, but mostly you know textiles, weaving, whatever. And then I went to get my MFA also in fibers. I see. Yeah, but you're right. I, I don't know if this is what you were thinking about. There's not that many schools that offer it, and we're kind of lucky that Augustana has weaving and ceramics. Yes. Not a lot of small liberal arts schools have those programs. Yes. So we're we're kind of unique if you look at liberal arts schools to to have those. You know, painting and drawing and sculpture and photography are pretty standard, but we're kind of lucky that we yeah. get to include those areas. So, do you have any high tech looms over there at St. Manros? Like at Augustana? Uh, yeah, um, sorry. we don't have any computerized ones. No, we don't. We haven't gotten that one. card stuff. Yeah. The jet cards. However, the first computer was based on a loom. Yeah, exactly. Yep. The jet card loom <laughs> was the predecessor of the first computer, and every place where, where the thread, where the warp and the weft cross, that that's like a pixel. Uh-huh. So like, it's funny that there's computerized looms now that are all like, you know, digitized because it, it started the other way. <laughs> and so that's a, the Dobby loom, the Jack Hard loom informed the first computer. Uh-huh. So that's as much as I know about that. <laughs> it's, it's a true, it's a true statement. No, I love I love those interconnections too. Well, in a, you know, in, in your statement, you list a lot of um, fine artists, and I, and I'm not one to make any distinction between art and craft generally. But yeah. when we when we think about where tapestry and fiber is its role as craft or as fine art, and you're looking at some of these visual artists and, and making this overlap, I'm just very curious as how how they interact in your mind and how these objects that you create live they live on the wall you want them to live on the wall you want them to live as objects that we mm-hmm. take in visually in this way so i love that question because i feel like art versus craft is like semantics yes i feel like if as artists we should have something to say something to a message to convey maybe beautiful maybe thought provoking maybe um, getting our emotions um i mean art isn't always to be beautiful right a photographer might be photographing a war zone and they want us to feel something about that. But I feel like a, an artist needs to have something that he or she is trying to express. Yeah. And whether it's art or craft, I think is semantics. Yeah. It's kind of a, an old um, fight. Yeah. And um, luckily the, bound, the, board, the boundaries are, are changing so that oh, we're all absolutely. just, I hope, like, you know, trying to make something well made and, and um, evocative in some way, yeah. but um, yeah, when I was first doing this, there was the craft object movement, and I think that we've kind of um, joined the ranks. Yes. But there are some exhibits that don't include fiber still, right. you know, painting right. and drawing and not, not fiber, so right. I just enter some other show. <laughs> I think that traditionally that's kind of designed to keep people out. I don't know. And protect turf. It's just like weaving started from placemats and and um and rugs and upholstery and so it, it had to push its way into the art world. Well, I think there's definitely a point where craft, where you take a simple basket using traditional techniques and forms, is is craft, and then there's a, a spectrum that moves along, where it definitely becomes art creation. 
Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. A beautiful basket is art to me, and not mm-hmm. craft. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Art and craft is, I mean, there's arts and crafts, right? Yeah. Like, there's little cute things that you see at a craft fair that aren't necessarily art. Yeah. But it's not what the material is to me. It's not the medium. Yeah. So that's, that's what I think. Well, and so, and this could be the segue into looking at the objects, okay. but do you think of these, you design them pictorially, I guess. You do, you, you design them pictorially with these sketches. Pictorially, yeah. You see them as, as images, there's imagery there, there's a, there, yeah, but then not they, necessarily they, realistic. But, no, no, but, but yeah, I mean, you're an I'm abstract expressionist in a way. I'm dealing with color and shape and texture and all the things that we talk about in a 2D design class. When you, when you create this composition. Yeah, yeah. And then even as you're designing that composition of color and shape, you're also thinking materials at that point. Somewhat, yeah. yeah. But you also have to, well, maybe less so in, in tapestry, but you have to think structure. Uh, oh, yeah, you got the, all the, the material things. Structure. You figure that out. But, I mean, once I come up with a sketch, then I look at my materials and decide what's going to look good with, in what section. Yeah. And try to use something that I already have. Okay, okay. Oh, that's interesting. I have interesting. a whole wall of yarn. Oh, wow. And then I dye or buy some more yarn. So I have enough yarn to last if I wait till like, I'm 100. But my fingers aren't going to make it that well. They're starting to give me trouble. So I'll have to start giving away my yarn. Yes. As a child, were you exposed to this? Oh, were you doing art? Yeah, yeah, always. Yeah. yeah, always did art. Took art after school on Mondays with Mrs. Lichtenstein in the cafeteria. I took leather classes when I was nine or ten at the Chevy Chase Community Center, and um, yeah, my mom, she always she didn't do art, but she always encouraged me. So yeah, I grew up, you know, thinking that art was okay and good. Mm-hmm. Is that near DC? Yeah, in DC. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that was part. I grew up partly in DC. Yes. Mm-hmm. Those were in DC. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Yes. Like everyone. Um, so one of the things I've always enjoyed about your work Well, you know, it's interesting because when you work on a loom, it wants to be rectilinear. The loom goes, there's light, there's, the threads go this way, you go back and forth. So to do like a shaped piece, you have to kind of fight the loom. But, um, you know, I've always kind of been okay with a fight with a, with for, for a cause, <laughs> you know. So, um, and also to try to be innovative. So it's not that you can't work organically, it's just that it's a little harder. So. It's more like if there's something that I want to do that seems like it should, that you know, it's resonating to make it a certain shape, then I figure out how to do it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, like this piece right. here, it just felt like it should have a curve there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this one here too. Yeah. So then, and I do, I did a piece for John Deere recently that they wanted a certain something, so I had to kind of figure out how to make it do that. So, just make it, you know, it would be easier if I did the same thing more than once. <laughs> like a lot of artists, they they sort of have more of a formula, <laughs> but I guess I just never figured out how the to wheel. do it to make something that easy on myself. <laughs> kind of would be nice. I hear, that. Yeah, I hear that. I don't know if I answered your question. <laughs> That's fine. Okay. I just want to say the colors are so spectacular. Thank you. I love color. I do. Colors, colors, a big deal to me. 
even be a little shocking with the colors, like putting things together that don't necessarily, you know, I think you can, you think of certain colors that sh that clash, but in the right proportion, they don't necessarily clash. Mm -hmm. It's about proportion, how much of each color you're focusing. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, maybe we should... Um, if anybody wants to, we'll, we can look at a few pieces if you want to have refreshments or sneak yeah, out, that's okay. <laughs> yeah, I'll stick with I'll stick with Rowan as we she goes around and talk about the work if you want to follow or I'm not going to talk about every piece yeah, yeah, much, but yeah. we can just sort of point yeah, out a few things. Yeah, once you that sounds good. Okay. We can point out a few things. We can start down here again. This is not going to be like too And if anyone has any questions about a particular object, now, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Um, I'll just point out the inspirations. This one was inspired by a market that I was at in um, West Africa that was just a really kind of kaleidoscope of color and energy. And so I was just trying to get the feeling of the market, not necessarily the market, but the swirl of energy. And. Um, there's one at the other end that's more pictorial from the market. Mm. And this one was, um, this one's called Monarchy, and this one I was looking at a monarch butterfly, these kind of shapes of it. And so it's just one part of the butterfly, and then all the parts that are sewn onto the surface are done with beadwork. And this one I spent the longest of anything in the show. I, sp I spent a year on this one. Wow. Because all those beads are sewn on by hand. It's kind of nuts. That's what I was going to ask you. Is what, what's a day's work look like for, for well, you typically? Well, you know, like if it's summer, I'll work all day. Or uh -huh. if I'm not teaching, but if I'm teaching, I might work. You know, the day I don't teach and the weekend and a few hours at night. And, I and work a, almost every day. And if you were to work <laughs> for a for the whole day, where how much progress would you make generally? Oh, okay. Well, I mean, if it's all black, you can weave quite a bit. But then when uh -huh. you have this, you're weaving black and then red and then black and then red and so. You know, it could be, you could, you could do a couple inches in a day. But this one, it was funny because we were traveling and my daughter was driving and I, each one of these little red shapes was a state. So these pieces, <laughs> so, you know, that was a small state. Pennsylvania is a little bigger. <laughs> so that gives you an idea. Each one of those took a few hours. As what, as whatever it took to drive across the state. Wow. The little circle, the little, yeah, the little round ones. Yeah. yeah. Oh my. So oh my and, goodness. And, and, and this piece was in a show, and, and um, it, someone at River City read, uh, the, uh, the reader in, in interviewed me, and I, I talked about how I worked on these in the car. And then I was at an opening that this piece was in, and Steve Falls, the president of his family, he said, so how do you do these when you're driving? And I'm like, <laughs> 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 I don't do them when I'm driving. I do them when I'm writing. <laughs> someone else needs to be driving. He misunderstood the article. But I found out you can't really do this very well when you're on an airplane because people I don't like that sharp needle. Okay. People don't like what? The sharp needle when you're on an airplane and you. Oh, they won't let you on. Oh, they'll let you on, but the person sitting next to you doesn't like you working on that on the plane. So I bring my little frame limb on the plane now. So yeah. The beads on the top corner there just make it just a few little sparkles. Yeah, yeah. So this one is based on. This was from a butterfly, close-ups of butterfly wings. And I think that one's pretty collage more than some others even. And this one is done with some of these windows I talked about. 
where you have a window here and a window here, and then I wove another piece that gets sewn behind the window. And that's kind of supposed to be like an abstract landscape, maybe a winter scene or something. Mm. Um, this one was inspired by being in the Andes in Peru. Oh, that's a big one, yeah. mm. And this one has some knitting in it. So th some of the larger sh shapes in this one were knit, not woven. Mm. And this is a recent piece, and this one is um, supposed to be I was looking at some of the some artists who do like um, field painters, like um, pa like um, fields of color, like um, Helen Frankenthaler. Helen Frankenthaler. I was looking at a little bit, looking at Stephen Korn, mm. and I was trying to get the feeling and the weaving of the blending of colors, mm. which I realized is easier to do with paint. Than paint. <laughs> <laughs> but that blending and that sort of landscapey also. Yeah. Are there windows there again too? Yeah, I yeah. love these. There's windows here and yeah, here. yeah. Mm -hmm. And then the little, the, the the sections behind the windows were woven like on a small loom. Um, I take the little loom with me if I'm traveling, and then I can keep working when I go, because I I always have to be working on something. Mm -hmm. So if, if there's any questions on these, otherwise we can look at the other side. Well, I just real quick about the, the yeah. idea of the grid. You know, yeah. the, the, the the loom is the grid, and that's right. got that formal right. quality to it. Right. But then, like this one in particular, <laughs> it spawned the question: like you're you're breaking out of the grid, and that you try to get the feeling of natural, the yeah. curve and the flow Organic. and the mix. Yeah. And so even though it's a grid, when you're weaving, you can build up an area mm. so that it doesn't stay flat, uh, rectilinear. Okay. You can build up an area like I did with the reds. You can go back and then later. And you fill them in. I see. Mm -hmm. You just so go one line at a time. Yeah, so you don't have to go back and forth. You can go like here uh -huh. and then fill in and then go back and then fill in. Uh -huh. I, you know, it's easier to show you on the loom, but yeah. And then you're kind of knowing that the, the material is going to kind of, it's going to break the grid too because you're going to have puffier areas and yeah. tighter areas. Exactly. So you know that's going to eventually. Yeah. That's uh. great. So, Rowan, so some of this bead work, so do you do that on a, that small loom that you talked no. about a small no the beadwork is just done this is done this was these beads were sewn onto fabric that had some stiffening behind it okay and the little ones i just cut out the shapes mm -hmm. and i covered them with red fabric in that case and then i sewed the beads on that okay. little tiny things okay so they're not done on the loom the beadwork okay. is separate and okay. then i sewed them on later okay so the black is all woven the black and white was woven but those beads were added those beads were added okay so it just depends yeah. I don't know much about. I don't. I didn't know much about beadwork either. Oh, I kind yeah. of figured out. Yeah. <laughs> so Rowan, was this one pieced together, or um, is this? All this is one piece. It the is. only thing that the only reason I would consider that as collage is that I added the beads. <laughs> but this is actually done as one piece. Did you make the beads? No, those beads were um, recycled glass from that I bought in, in Ghana. <laughs> and. Um, <laughs> This part here, this imagery was from an aquarium that I went to. And then, I don't really remember, that was some landscaping thing that I was playing with. So I was just kind of assembling. How much time did you spend in, in West Africa? I've been there a lot with students. So I don't know, maybe it all, maybe in six months, but in 10 weeks, seven, wow. six weeks. Yeah. Mostly in Ghana and Senegal. Mm. People are tired. We don't have to look at pictures. <laughs> <laughs> are you tired? No, I'm okay. okay. I'm okay. <laughs> that one's kind of landed. Wow. <laughs> 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 I'm going to have to go to the 
That's one of my more recent. Yeah, that's recent. Yeah. So this one I mentioned already. This is the sort of with like windows and then those separate pieces woven. Mm -hmm. And Chris pointed out it looked, or Peter was here earlier, Peter Schultz. He said it looked uh, kind of like inspired by Jean Garreau, but it was yeah. it was from a photograph I took of a stained glass um, window in, in, a, in a synagogue I was in in, in Memphis, Tennessee. Mm. <laughs> and then this one was. Um, woven and then you can see where I added some beads, I added some stitching to the side, just barely stitching some lines into the diagonals. Mm. Um, it's it's kind of got a second little thread piece behind it, like framing it, the chenille, the red chenille. Yeah. And then this one has kind of the window idea again. There's like this window here. Oh yeah. Oh I love that blue. Thank oh you. Gosh. <laughs> And then this one is kind of fabric, yeah, yeah. batik that I did. There's little spaces in between, so I can see. Some batik and some stitching and weaving. And this one is inspired by um, looking at some butterfly wing photographs close up. And each one of these little sections was either woven or beaded, mostly woven, but some beading too. Hmm. And then these last two down here are also from African inspiration. Yeah, this one's called Thursday Market. It's the same market as I was inspired by down there. But this one, I was trying to make it like more uh, narrative with, there's actually a person in here turning, she's turning this fufu that they eat. And here's a person and then she's got all these baskets on her head. That's why I made the baskets separately. I made all these little baskets to give the feeling of all the stuff they sell in the market. Mm -hmm. Plus they sell a lot of plastic junk, so I bought these plastic beads and buttons and, and sew them on this heap of flip-flops. You, <laughs> <laughs> you might actually see that in the market, a lot of plastic these days. But yeah. these were either pots or baskets, I'm not sure which. Um, and this one was just, actually this one I did inspired by African art, objects, whatever, before I'd been to Africa. So that has a little different feeling, I think, but this is mostly done with wrapping more than weaving, where you just wrap around rope and then you attach the coils of wrapping to each other and to the background. The background's woven, but you don't see much of the woven. And there's a little bit of glass and beads and stuff on that one, too. Mm -hmm. I've, I've experimented with fused glass a little bit, and that's, a, that's in the middle there, there's a little bit of fused glass. Mm -hmm. So, so. That's it, quick quick overview. <laughs> if anybody wants to ask about a specific piece, then I'm sticking around. <laughs> What's your most recent piece, Jim? Uh, the most recent here is the one that's at the end of the last oh, okay. land, it's called oh, okay. The sure? most recent, yeah. Mm -hmm. And that blue one's pretty recent, one of the windows, and where mm -hmm. Calvin is, that one's pretty recent. Mm -hmm. Some are a little older, yeah. Okay. So, um, Saga, so this would be an example, you know, it's easy to do the, the non-rectilinear mm -hmm. thing when you're not really doing everything on the loom. <laughs> but you can shape it different ways by hemming and, and playing with the edges but to get if you don't want a rectangle. Hmm. So some of this felted 
Not too much felt here. There's no, not felt too much felt in This here has felt. Okay. Okay. I've played with felt, but it hasn't made its way to Pardon me? I play I played with felt and I teach felt making, but I haven't included it too much in my yeah. work. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And and what's next? What's next? There's two there's a piece on my loom right now. Um, um I can show you pictures of my new granddaughter. Oh, no, just <laughs> I want to see those. Oh, that's wonderful. Just kidding, just kidding. Um, but yeah, I have a few pieces I'm, I'm trying to finish for. We're having a faculty show at Augustana in March. Is it March or April? Uh, I'm, I'm not sure. I don't know. Coming up. So I have a few Coming new pieces. I, I guess more broadly, I was wondering about: Are you? Do you sense that your work is moving in a direction, or? Um, uh, it's always moving, but I don't really know. <laughs> right now, I did a, I did a, some pieces that were at the um, uh, Quad City Airport yes. last spring, mm -hmm. and that was kind of working with fields of color and not as much pattern, and I really missed the pattern. Okay. So now I'm sort of getting back into play, pulling pattern into it, mm -hmm. but I don't really know what's going to come after that. Okay. I'm just kind of, you know, playing, mm -hmm. looking at the photographs, looking at I, every place I go, I photograph. You know, I've got some photographs from the airplane looking down, some aerial <laughs> photographs. So they might be the next. But I don't know for sure. <laughs> it just kind of, you know, what, <laughs> what evolves. Yeah. yeah. So it's not well planned. When you say fields of color and pattern, can you point out what you mean? Well, that's all about pattern, right? Okay. So all right. Schooling. And that's, uh, uh, lots of these are, but. Okay. The, the ones that were mostly the fields of uh, uh, color aren't mostly in the show. However, they're on my website, tapestryart.com. Okay. <laughs> hey, Rowan. I yes. was wondering, um, what goes into the decision making? Because these two seem a little different in the sense that this is kind of stretched taut over something right. to hold it up, and then this one, not so much uh, uh, in the sense of feel of a curtain. It's kind of loosely hanging. Right. I was wondering mm -hmm. if maybe that was a something you were trying differently and what's what goes into the thought between hanging something loosely like that and then and then maybe do, do those works lead into one another it's not or? really as much the way they're hung as the way that they're made i think like this is just a more of a freeform piece right more organic but what leads you from one piece to another to break from that format is that just a natural kind of I don't know, honestly, I don't know. I mean, like, why did I want to do something that gridular when I also want to do that? Beats oh, the heck out of me, I don't know. Sure. Okay. I, don't, I don't have an answer. Mm -hmm. It just, like, whatever, like, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I'm just drawing and sketching and making collages for my, and then, then I try to figure out which ones I'm going to make and and when, how I can make it. For sure. But I don't really know why sometimes I'm more like, I'm, yeah, I don't have an answer. Well, okay, well, I have a question. So yeah. the, the, the wrapping, would that have started with the unit and built into the thing? Yeah. Without a sketch? No. No, there was that a sketch. sketch. There yeah. has a sketch for that yeah, too. Yeah, I was scribbling. Okay. That's right okay. from scribbles. I see. That one was really scribbling with, with, with a plan, right? I see. So Scribble even with a little bit of a plan. So there's never an open-ended, I'm just going to start with this, with this fiber and just go. It never, that's never I'll, happened. I'll try to put stuff together with leftovers. Uh -huh. <laughs> and, and maybe that might work, maybe yeah, not. Yeah, sometimes it does. Sometimes it becomes a piece that's given to an auction. 
Mm. <laughs> and hope that somebody, <laughs> yeah, somebody buys it. And don't go in case no one does. It's really awful. <laughs> you know, but no, I'll play with pieces too. But usually uh -huh. I have a plan. Yeah, okay. Yeah, but you're just exploring to me. Yes, right? I am exploring. You yeah. know, because you're not doing the same thing over and over right. and over again. Yeah, that's yeah. But yeah. I mean, yeah. that to me is a true artist. Yeah. But I'm exploring more when I plan it than when I do it. But I'll change it some as I go. Like, yeah. I wasn't planning to put that exact thing right there. Yeah. Just kind of get at it. So yeah, yeah there's plenty. There's plenty. <laughs> Appreciate that. Yeah. Okay. See you too. There's definitely play. Like, like I kept going with that more than I planned to. So yeah, that's right. I play afterwards. But it's the main plan is before I start to weave. Yeah. Yeah. Because you can't sit down and just do anything if you're going to have these shapes evolve. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You need your your design that you're following. Right. Yeah. yeah. And you made all the little baskets. Yeah. Yeah. Each one is one TV show. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really watch TV, but that's kind of boring to do. Yeah, yeah. So I didn't really watch the TV. I listened. Yeah. It can't be too good. TV can't be too good. Otherwise, you'd be distracted. No, I can't have subtitles. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> and so she's kind of a self-brain. Oh, yeah. I love that piece. <laughs> Thanks. Okay, well, thank you well, so thank much. You thank you very much for coming. I appreciate it. Thank you. If you have any questions, I'm not going anywhere. So. This has been Q&A, recorded in the Kadich Gallery at St. Ambrose University in Davenport, Iowa. The Kadich and Morrissey Galleries are located in the Galvin Fine Arts and Communications Center at 2101 North Gaines Street between Locust and Lombard. All content of this podcast is the exclusive property of St. Ambrose University, copyright 2017 and may not be utilized without expressed written permission.